A Song and a Friend podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4. Our headliner tonight is the song Rest of Us by Sanchez Agency. Our opening acts are a few thoughts from me and then an interview with the songwriter B. Jacob Sandok. If you're enjoying this show, please leave us a review. In each episode this season, we've visited a space in which the creative process incubates. We've visited the sidewalk outside of a rock show venue. We've visited the living room of a practice session. We've visited coffee house venues of the days of old. I wonder where we're going to go next. Today, we are in the van or the car or whatever vehicle it is. When you're on the way to the gig, you're in between places and you have a time for extended conversation with your bandmates and the people you're traveling with. And when you're on the road, you really get to know one another. Today's episode takes place in the car, on the road, in between two cities, and I use this opportunity to get to know Jake Sandok. Sandok's story emphasizes the band's motto, Never Too Late. As you listen in, you'll discover why. So, uh, it's recording now. Okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's your old pal Tom Tom here, and I am in the car of B. Jacob Sandok. Uh, you don't even want to know how sweet this ride is. And I'm taking the uh, advantage of the opportunity of being with him in this captive time. We're driving from South Bend to Goshen which are the two capital cities of the Sanchez Agency Empire. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And uh, Sandok, as we affectionately call him, uh, is the Sanchez of the Sanchez Agency. The rest of us is one of my favorite songs um, that that he's written for the band. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Sandok? Okay, yeah, sure. Well, my name is Jake Sandok, and uh, I've been lucky the past few years to, to have a band after after about 20 some years of writing as kind of a hobby uh, my life kind of things changed and uh and the fallout was that i had some time to do some things i hadn't done before and some guys from goshen found my music and they liked it doug earl uh from the band was the first who heard it and he got in touch with me and he he put together the band and so uh we've been doing that for about four years now and it's been a lot of fun and uh, you know I like writing music it makes me feel good and it's a good way to good outlet for uh, just different energies that you have and I've really quite enjoyed uh, this kind of venture into into making music with a band and, and I've always loved writing music on guitar just an acoustic yeah well I'll tell you um, the band had been together for I think three years before before I came on board. That's right. You're kind of the, the you're the most recent hire. Yeah. You're, you're you're still under. I think you're not you you're not on probation, uh, beginner probation anymore. Yeah, I know that which much. feels really really good. <laughs> I've got the jacket, but I don't have the patch yet. No, you got to get a patch. That's crazy talk. That does, <laughs> that's I will have to talk to Shirley about that because you, you got to have a patch. Good. Well, as you as you as you can hear, we have a, a business. Um, like a corporate climate in the band. Our corporate culture is very, very important to us. Right. It's very, it's a very stern corporate culture too. So you know, it's very, 
you gotta have suspenders and a white pressed shirt and a red tie with sure. one of those gold tie holders. Well, last April, uh, Kaz, or Jake Miller, um, who's been a lifelong friend of mine, asked me to come and sit in on, on a session. And I remember sitting in with you guys and just being super intimidated by how cool and polished and uh, just dialed in everything was, and I didn't know where I was going to fit in. And um, he sent me home with uh, your EP, and I'm playing it on the car on the way home. And I remember thinking the whole time, man, I, w I hope I get to jam with those guys again, because I thought it was just going to be a one-off thing. sure where I was going to fit in, but when the rest of us started, I was like, this is where I fit in. This is rock and roll. Uh, it really just jumped off the dashboard. better than you know making music and having some fun and sure you know I and that is a good song I, I mean I, honestly for me like when I think of my songs I guess I think in my own mind like they're all it's kind of like children you know what I mean like you you love them all you know and you don't really have a favorite but somehow they're all the best you know what I mean <laughs> so I mean and I'd be lying if I, I said I didn't feel that way about them but I, I, I do have a, a special love for that song I remember um, I that's one of the few songs that I, I probably wrote it on a, an electric guitar and I wrote that song on uh, the guitar that is an old melody maker Gibson oh yeah that I actually ended up selling it to Kaz but um, sure but originally I, I'd had that guitar in my possession for a buddy of mine I'd let him borrow it for about six or seven years and, and for an open mic and then I got it back and it wasn't in, in playable shape and um, despite that, I, I thought, even though I don't play electric guitar a lot, I thought, I told myself I could figure out how to make it playable. Right. So I went poking around in the electronics and in the amp, in the pickups, and I wonder what, you know, I wonder what this does, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. and, and, uh, and I made it much worse. Sure. And, um, <laughs> and, and so it was beyond playable. And at some point, Doug uh, from the band said, here, let me see that. And he took it, he took it to a guy named Adam Hart in Goshen and uh, right. Doug just went and had it fixed up for me and I just that was one of those moments where I really felt like man these guys are really you know like this music with these guys I mean these guys really have my back you know what I mean oh, yeah, we do. and that was really cool so I did write that song on on that guitar and I remember uh, my one of my daughters uh, the first time that I played it for anyone I played it for one of my daughters my youngest daughter Sylvie and she liked it she sh she shook her head yeah she said yeah she said, yeah, that's all right. And that's how I know a song is good. If I ask one of my young preteen or teenage daughters if the song is good, 
if she, as long as she doesn't like scowl, if she scowls or she doesn't say anything, I know it was bad. If she yeah. says yeah or yeah, if she says yeah, good, you know, then I know it's pretty good. It's good to have that that yeah. impartial judge. Well, because I know if it was bad, they would tell me that they would say that's terrible, yeah. and they would be merciless, which I appreciate. I can appreciate merciless criticism. Um, well, yeah. Well, there are things in the lyrics that that really are fun to me. You've got these two characters, uh, Franklin Frank- and Francine, right? Are they based on real people or just impressions and free associations? Well, I think that when I was writing that song, I was kind of thinking about, you know, the challenges that that people face, you know, okay. in our society these days. Um, oh, okay. And so I think that, uh, you know, like these conventions that you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so I guess I figured that I'd, you know, um, have two different people going yeah. through that. That one of them would be a guy named Franklin and one of them would be a girl named Francie. The question is, will they get together? Ah, you know, that, that, I don't know. That I don't know. But, um, yeah, so that was the song. And uh, it was a fun song. I thought I had fun writing those lyrics. And anytime you can work flip-flops into a song, you know what I mean? Right. You know you're doing something. <laughs> Go buy yourself some flip-flops. <laughs> That's right, right. Well, I, 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 there's a playfulness in the lyrics, which if you go to the band camp and you listen to the EP, you'll hear it on all the tracks, and it's really evident in your live shows, too, and, um, you know, I know that you're a student of language, you were a journalist for a while, and uh, so you know what you're doing with words, but you're not afraid to uh, do things that are kind of, not shocking, but fearless is the word I have. No, I mean, I, that's nice of you to say. I mean, I never really thought of it like fearless is a word. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could use that word because there's certain areas in someone's life if there's, if depending on what the situation calls for. I don't consider myself like a fearless person. Right. You know, like if, if I'm at the zoo and they say, oh, uh, oh, we left the bear gate open, you know what I mean? I'm, sure. you know, I'm not going to you know, go to the popcorn stand, you know, I'll be running out right. screaming just like everybody else. Right. But I think that when you make a conscious effort that there's something you want to do or, hey, I want to, you know, build this house, I want to start this business, or I want to uh-huh. write this song, when you get to a point with anything where you decide that you're going to take action on something, you know, sure. I mean, you really have to approach it without any kind of doubts or, or uh, right. fears. I think what inspired me to think about that fearless quality is um, in your lyrics, you were very specific with... Um, naming things, you know, this song is crazy with like the double latte and the perfume and um, somebody else who's thinking about songwriting may think, oh I need to be a little more general so everybody can relate to it, but your writing is full of these very concrete images and I think that's pretty cool. Well thanks man, I appreciate it. I think that, you know details matter and sometimes it's okay, you know, sometimes it's your right to be broad Sometimes, you know, if you're too specific, a lot of people won't get it, but the handful of people that do get it, will, they'll really get it. Sure. And sometimes when you're when you're writing something, I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, everybody's trying to get mass appeal, but you really want to, you know, you want something to, to matter and mean something to someone more than anything else, I think. And I think that's true because I've, not so much with the band, but when I used to play solo, I can remember times where... You know, maybe I, there were shows I played where maybe there were like four or five people, you know, right. and you kind of feel like, oh gosh, you know, why am I doing this? But then, you know, in the midst of that, you know, you'll realize that maybe one or two of those people 
of those four right. are like really into it, you know. And then you're, and then it, all of a sudden, it's like your gig that was a bust went to a very meaningful thing. Because anytime you connect, uh, you know, with someone around the, the arts or the music or yeah. something that you're sharing, then it becomes a very powerful thing. And at that point, it's really too, true that you know, um, quality over quantity. Exactly. I mean, I agree with you 100. percent Just that little bit of connection makes it all. Worth it. Yeah, and also, you know, you want to use interesting words and, you know, I mean... It's an entry uh, point for people. It's an entry, right, you know, and language is, you know, you got to try to find those notes that, that hit a little bit off or, or uh -huh. slant. You know, so I forget what the quote is. I'm not really that good with language. I, I was a journalist, but I was a sports writer, so okay. it, that, that's kind of a different thing. <laughs> but it's more like Pepto-Bismol and whiskey in your drawer, you know, in the drawer. Sure, and, you know, sure. Making deadline at 2 a.m., you know, it's coming, Bill, the story's almost done, you know, this and that, kind of yelling at each other. Right, right. Um, but, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I guess my point is, is that, you know, when it comes to language, you know, I mean, it's all about being a little bit different, you know, and, and coming up with a different um, take on something or a different way to use the language or yeah. use the terms. And I, I actually get a lot of, I think it's really funny referring to like pop culture and the songs just something about it is I, I think I probably use it a little bit too much to tell you the truth I got you well but I, that won't stop me and I'll no. probably continue to use it too much but no um, no um, on a one thing that's really important to the Sanchez agency is the like I said at the top the dual uh, the dual location of South Bend and Goshen and uh, do you feel like uh Sanchez does a good job of like summing up the South Bend experience or the spirit of it. Well, the South Bend experience is such an unusual experience that honestly, I don't know if, if any one music type or right. I mean, I think that it it would be some type of crazy drunken polka song yeah. somewhere that is <laughs> right. definitely going to sum up South Bend better than I could. Yeah, but I think maybe in our modern times, you know, to be like an MTV kid. Growing right. up in South Bend, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, uh, other people do it pretty good too, but sure. uh, some people are a little bit too nostalgic for my taste, because right. I think I'm a realistic and honest person, and South Bend is a really imperfect town, you know, and oh, I, sure. I love it, but it's, um, yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, I think Around the Bend is, is a pretty good song about South Bend, and Yes. I think most people, G.L. Perry, oh, most yeah. people who heard that one would kind of be like, yeah, I remember that. You know? yeah, King of Lincoln Way. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Sure, I, and I love it not only when lyricists are specific about imagery, but also location and originality. I had it once I was in Tennessee earlier this year, and a guy said to me, you're from Indiana. He was from Texas. He said, I know all about Texas music. What's Indiana music? Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh... I don't know. Maybe I'm too close to it to recognize it. I can't see the forest for the trees. Um, but I, I said maybe sort of like gritty weirdness, you know? Yeah. Uh, because it is it's kind of a gritty place. Yeah, it's a I, you odd. know, gritty is a good word for it. Because when I think, I mean, I don't know if he's from Indiana originally, but he's lived no. in Indiana. But when right. I'm thinking of John Fogarty, yeah, right. When I think of Indiana music, I think of kind of like a gritty singer, you know? Right. Or, John you know, Camp, yeah, Camp, yeah, Fogarty. I mean, I think sure. that has kind of traditionally been the Indiana kind of style. Right. Um, 
but I don't think we've had enough music out of Indiana, and this goes to a, a, a different topic, I don't want to get off base, but, That's all right. you know, it's just, it's traditionally, you know, the middle of the country is not, is not where music is coming from. Right. So right. I would imagine that, I mean, now, you know, it's, it's tough that, like, everything's digital now, and there's 400,000 tracks uploaded a day and getting seen, there's new challenges now, you know what I mean? Exactly. But in the, I'm imagining that probably 20 or 30 or 40, 40 years ago, there was probably some guys, maybe not too much different from us, you know, right. who were like really good, man. They had a really good thing. But, I mean, you're in Mishawaka or Hobart or what, you know, <laughs> right, and it's like, right. you know, you're not, you know, no music is coming out of Hobart. The sure. executives aren't coming out to Hobart, you know. Yep. And, and, and I just want to point out for the radio show that I'm saying Hobart the right way. Good. As a true yes. Hoosier. Exactly. Not Hobart. Yeah. Not, and not like a, a Chicagoan. Hobart. <laughs> Go Brickies. They say, you know, they can't. Hobart. <laughs> right. Hobart. <laughs> what the heck's a Hobart? Anyway, so yeah. Exactly, man. Well, I think I think that's a good, this is some good commentary well, on the track you heard. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank oh, you. I'm so happy you did. We'll talk to you guys later. Now that the drive is over, we're on our way to the show. Just like at any show, there's probably going to be a cover charge or a tip jar. And I want to invite you, in a similar way, to help make this podcast a reality with your financial support. You can leave us a one-time tip through Venmo, or you can do an ongoing patronage through Patreon. You can find links to this in the show notes. And now, I would like to introduce to you the song, The Rest of Us, by Sanchez Agency. Franklin, go buy yourself a dog Franklin, go find yourself a woman Franklin, procure yourself a job Franklin, get down and conquer Wall Street But first a double latte, please Franklin, go get yourself some knee pads if you don't know what Franklin means You'll be gone forever You'll be gone forever Self snare. Francine, go light and like a daisic. Francine, sprout flowers in your hair. Francine, go conquer Condé Nast. But first, let me try that perfume, please. Francine, go get yourself some flip flops. If you don't know.
Again, that was The Rest of Us by Sanchez Agency. You can find a link to all of their recordings on the show notes. I'm happy to report the band is busy getting ready for a release for Record Store Day, April 2023. The theme song for A Song and a Friend is the song Special by Tom Adamson and the Texarkana 2. And I want to offer, as I always do, a huge thank you and shout out to Todd Bashong for creative and technical support. God bless and see you next time.